Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Nathan. This is episode 29 of the podcast, but if it's your first podcast, uh, or your first episode of the podcast, rather, or your first podcast, maybe, hey, if so, thanks. Cool. You picked a wonderful place to join in, full of uh, great opinions that will surely not upset you. Are you purposely chewing into the microphone right now? Huh? Oh, back up. <laughs> uh, so we do a very simple podcast. We listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music like metal, indie rock, uh, psychedelia, pretty much anything that we deem to be under the broad umbrella of punk because we are, in fact, the experts on the subject, at least in this basement. Uh, we listen to music that people send in to us. We give our honest reaction to it. That's pretty much all there is to it. Sometimes we like stuff, sometimes we don't. We have 10 bands in the queue every week. We uh, usually get between get through between five and seven of them. Just depends on how lengthy we go on our diatribes that are sometimes related to, sometimes not at all related to the band uh, that we listen to. And uh, that's really all there is to the show. Um, I'm feeling good today. Um, I've got my shelter shirt on, so I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling spiritually aligned with Krishna. It's sunny out. It's 50 degrees in February. I saw Piss Jeans in Chicago yesterday. I was listening to one of my favorite modern uh, collections of hardcore songs on the way over here, No Omega by Cold World. I'm full of chocolate and root beer. I think this is going to be a good day. You think? I think so. And we got a lot of good submissions. I also got to shout out the uh, Demo Listen Facebook group, which I finally got off the ground. Um, I had been thinking about doing it for quite a while. The Axe to Grind Facebook group got shut down, so I thought, well, this is the perfect moment to uh, to strike. Maybe get some some uh, former Axe to Grind Facebook group devotees to, to come over to our side and join in the mayhem that has ensued after starting it. We've got like 300 members in a few days, and it's been the Wild West. Uh, if you're if if you use Facebook and you want to get involved in that and you think that you have the wherewithal to endure the constant stream of bad opinions that people share in there, look it up on Facebook. It's Demo Listen Podcast. It's a private group, but just send a request and I'll uh, I'll I'll approve you. I don't care who you are. I decided to just make it sort of a uh, an experiment in anarchist collectivism and uh like i said in the group hopefully prove once and for all why the human race deserves extermination and and to prove that we can't cooperate on any level that we're all bad faith actors and pretty much the only thing that we have the capability of doing effectively and consistently is spewing bad opinions into the ether yeah especially when provided the anonymity of the internet right exactly yes and the distance right all those things so i'm not really regulating the group too much say whatever you want um you know one of the first threads on there was sketchy black metal recommendations uh of course some people dropped in there to say hey i don't approve of this and some other people said hey fuck you it's been just basically you know there's been a few within five minutes of the group starting there were two people genuinely beefing like immediately yeah of course right but not, you know what i mean but they're fucking babies. Sure, 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 sure. You they're know what not, I mean? Yeah, nothing's like, going to come it's, of it's, it. It's right. a, say it to my face. Right. You won't. Yeah, exactly. You won't. No, for sure. But so the group has largely, largely been in the spirit of the podcast in that it's like unregulated and unhinged and completely going off the handle quickly. However, at the core, there are people there who just want to talk about punk and hardcore and like it. And yeah, like I said, I think it's like a perfect... It's a perfect digital reflection of what we do on the podcast. Yeah, I hope it stays in that spirit. Um, minimum oversight. Right. I mean, I, I will participate in none of it. Right, sure. Literally no oversight right. from my end. Yes. I assume minimal, minimal oversight from your end. Very minimal. You know, see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, I'm a little. I'm a, uh, the saliva's flowing today. Oh, so you're going to be clearing your throat a lot. Uh, the cookies. Oh yeah. You know, the good, girl, good choice. The girls got cookies. Yeah, they got it going. So <clears throat> great. I had to buy them. Yeah, of course you did. Um, and I'll have to edit a, a lot of throat clearing. Yeah. I literally every time I see Girl Scouts selling Girl Scout cookies, I have to buy some. They're good. Yeah. And you feel bad. You want I, I don't feel bad for the girls. I right. mean, I don't feel bad for them, but I feel bad if I don't get them. I'm like, man, I want to help them out. Well, it's more like, uh, how in the world can you not? Right. Right. It is predatory, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Right. Coming out of a store, uh-huh. table full of like six-year-old girls. Right. Right. Asking me if I want to buy cookies. Of course, I want to fucking buy some fucking cookies. Right. <laughs> this particular batch came from uh, a teenager who okay. was selling cookies. She's probably 12, 13. You know what I yeah. mean? She, she's uh, she's a fucking Methuselah for Girl Scouts. Right? <laughs> like she she's definitely shown her metal. Right. She's uh, the real deal. She's sticking it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Props to her. I'm gonna buy your fucking cookies. Sure. Right. The little kids when they're selling me things will get me every fucking time. Right. Even the Boy Scouts with that expensive ass trails in, because I remember what that was like. I hated selling that shit. Yeah. To the point that I wouldn't. Right. Like I wouldn't. You know. Yeah. And then I quit. Sure, I quit Boy Scouts pretty promptly. I mean, the, the Trails in popcorn's not that good. No, it's a, it's fine. It's hyper expensive. Yeah. Right? But Girl Scout cookies, good. They're very good. Seasonal. Mm-hmm. Right? They come up a certain time of year, every spring. Yep. Get them. You know? You don't have, they, they're not necessarily the best cookies, but they're, they're good. They're good. If you got them all the time, you wouldn't like them. Right. That's right? true. And there's no way that I'm going to walk past a table full of little girls and not buy their cookies. <laughs> right. Sure. Um, any other points of order up top? No, I just no. I think we're good. Right on. I saw Piss Jeans in Chicago yesterday. Oh yeah, that, you said that was pretty good. It was very good. Um, there was uh, there were some bands that played before it. Crash Course in Science, I think is what what was that? You're telling what the me about yeah, They're yeah. like early or late seventies, early eighties, like synth synthy post punk stuff was really good. Hyde from Chicago played, who are cool. They're like um in, industrial if you're looking for a contemporary comparison um industrial in the vein of like author and punisher you know definitely some killing joke vibes yeah. you know um ministry not early ministry but like right after they transition to the more industrial stuff maybe land of rape and honey era ministry type stuff not very metal like very heavy on the industrial post-punky killing joke tip they were really good we left uh, i'm ashamed to say before hot snakes but I like Hot Snakes. I love Piss Jeans. Piss Jeans played right beforehand. We hadn't eaten all day, and we'd been standing in the cold for like three hours. So we dipped before Hot Snakes. Got some very delicious food. A lot of good music has been coming out on that tip, too. Like the Raspberry Bulbs LP just finally dropped. And Got that in the other day. Fucking great. It's just as good as I expected it to be. It was worth the, what, five, five or six-year wait that it's been at this point. Yeah. Um, Beyond that, I don't have any other points of order. I just wanted to shout out that new LP, say, hey, Piss Jeans are uh, masters of the stage, and if they're coming anywhere near you, you should see them. Don't be put off by the fact that the Beard and IPA crowd has latched onto them somewhat because of NPR. They still put on an excellent show and uh, do not care about those people at all. They berate the crowd just as they always have. It's great. Yeah. So let's get into the uh, queue this week. We got 10 in the queue, as we always do. First up, we have Wreckage with The Only Way Demo. This is a new Connecticut band that was sent to me by Anthony from Gel. This just came out a few days ago on February 17th. Then we have Fried EM with their Modern World LP. This was sent to me 
I think Anthony also sent this over to me, and uh, my friend Chris Stinson from Indianapolis submitted this. A few I've people did. This. You've heard this? Yes. Well, it's on No Deal, so that makes sense that you would have heard it. I have not listened to this yet. I was saving it for the podcast. Then we have Crisis Actor with their first EP. This is an Indianapolis D-beat band featuring some friends of mine. This came out in March of last year. They submitted it very early on in the podcast, I think, but we just never got around to it, so they resubmitted it on the Facebook group recently. Then we have Soul Glow from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. My friend Ruben plays in this band. And so I'm going to make an executive decision here. So the name of Knowing Ruben, I think he probably takes great pride because Ruben is a black dude. I think he probably takes not not great pride, but great, uh, like it's a personal joke to him probably that he released a record whose name most white people wouldn't feel comfortable saying. Soul Glow? Yes. Well, that's that's the name of the band. The name of the record is The Nigga In Me Is Me. Now, I'm sure most people he would expect, most white people would want to call this record The N-Word In Me Is Me. Right. Ruben, if you're listening, I'm not going to give you the pleasure of that because that is really stupid. I've seen like white people talk about this record on the internet. Because okay. I remember when this record came out, came out in like summer of last year. Let me check. Yeah, June, June seventh of twenty nineteen, and I remember like white people talking about it on the internet, and they would like star out the name of the record when they would type it out, and it's just like, dude, everybody knows what the record is called. That's the title of the record. Right. You're not using a slur, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's the literal name of the record. I haven't talked to Ruben about it. I've talked to him about other stuff in the interim. I've just, I've just never brought it up because right. I haven't listened to the record, frankly. But I can only imagine that he takes the greatest pleasure in seeing white people type out the name of that Just record and put stars in the crawl name. all all over. Dude, so fucking you know what funny. I mean? mm, am I being problematic for saying the name of a record that I like? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Ruben, like I said, if you're listening... I am not going to give you the pleasure of that. I'm just going to say the name of the fucking record. Uh, I think they play... They're, they're from Philly. Um, I think I've actually seen them or played with them at some point, but I, I, I haven't actually listened to this record. I listened to, I want to say, an EP or a tape that they put out in 2017 or 2018, uh, okay. but I haven't listened to this LP yet. Then we have Ghoulie from Richmond, Virginia, with their release Nothing. Um, this is a band, again, that was submitted to me I want to say when it came out, in like maybe a month ago, but was resubmitted to me on the via the demo listen Facebook group here in the last week. And then we have Marionette with uh, their self-titled EP, newer punk hardcore band from Boston, Massachusetts, submitted via the email. Said that they started listening to the podcast like about a week ago. Have really enjoyed it so far and decided to send their stuff in. It was recorded, mixed, and mastered by Willie Killy. Uh, the art looks cool. Then we have Implied Risk with their Demo 2019. This is a band from Denver, Colorado, which is not surprising considering how much fucking awesome shit is coming out of there. This was submitted to me by, I can't remember who, somebody in the email said that it features a lot of members that are like veterans of the Denver scene. Then we have Damnation's Domain with their demonstration. This came out in November of last year. It was described to me as sounding kind of like, uh, let's see, I think they, they had some very specific death metal uh death metal comparisons anthony p submitted this members of your year member of year of the knife sounds year of the knife sounds like demons shitting in the vein of unleashed and morbid angel that could be cool 
Okay. If it actually is in the vein of Unleashed and Morbid Angel. Demons shitting in the veins of Unleashed and Morbid Angel. <laughs> I would like that more. And they did, they, but they spelled in the vein of wrong, in like V-A-I-N. Oh. So they were, they're shitting in vein. Okay, they are shitting in <laughs> They're vain. shitting in So, vain. you know, it's, no it, it, it sounds nothing like Unleashed or Morbid <laughs> Yes, it's, they're simply shitting in vain. Yeah. Then we have Fading, Symbol, Fading Signal with their Demo 20. This is a new band from Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a three-song demo. Just came out February 18th. This features Jordan Holland, who is a regular listener of the show and played in a band that we actually didn't like earlier, way earlier in the show's uh, in the show's history. I can't remember the name of the band off the top of my head. I'm, I'm sorry, Jordan, for that. It was like a metalcore band that had like at-the-gates style riffs. Oh, yeah. I do, I do remember something yeah, like that. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. terrible. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like, it sounded like a prayer for cleansing or something. Right. It was really good at what it did, but it was just like one of those things where it's like, I don't I don't care about this at all. He said that we will probably enjoy this far more. I've seen a lot of people posting about it. It's gotten some hype, so hopefully it lives up to it. Okay. And then last but not least, I think, we have Pretty Maddie with his Pretty Maddie Sad Baxter split that's coming out on Head to Wall Records. We've premiered a song for a Head to Wall band before. We've had a couple Head to Wall bands on here. A couple of my bands have done releases on Head to Wall. This is their new split release that they're, I think is coming out on 7-inch in the next month or so. The Pretty Maddie song on the 7-inch is Why Not Be Something That You Are, a play on the negative approach song, Why Be Something That You're Not. Right. I have not listened to this yet because I told him I'd play it on the show if uh, if the dice so happen to land on it. So, uh, yeah, ideally it's, it's good because Matt's my friend and I would hate to shit on his band on the show. But I've played with his band and I've really liked his previous releases. It's good, very competent power pop. I don't expect this to stray from that formula. Okay. So uh, let's roll the dice, see what's up first. Three. Three is Crisis Actor uh, with their first EP. That's all it's called, first EP. You guys could have tried a little bit harder with that one, I think. Like I said, this came out in March of uh, March 9th of last year. It's a D-beat band from Indianapolis. I listened to this when it first came out, and I liked it a lot. I gave it like one spin. I haven't listened to it since, so we'll see if it holds up. Like I said, uh, you know, the guitarist of this band, Hunter, I'm friends with. Um, JS is in this band, I think sings for this band. He's been a, uh, a fixture in the Indianapolis punk scene for many, many years. The band camp is crisisactorhc.com. Um, I've mentioned on here before that I think if you pay Bandcamp, you can just like, or you have like a premium account, you can just make your URL, like your name.com. So mm. evidently Crisis Actor, Crisis Actor has that D-beat money. Because they're paying. Yeah. They're paying for their own URL. So it's crisisactorhc.com. Um, it's a four-song release. All the songs are basically exactly the same length. I don't remember there being any sort of intro, intro bullshit on this. So I think we can just go ahead and jump in with the first song. Feel the pain? Or feel pain. Feel pain. Yeah. yeah. So we are going to listen to Feel Pain by Crisis Actor off of their first EP. Thank you. 
right, that was the song Feel Pain by the band Crisis Actor off of their first EP. That was aptly played and enjoyable. Yeah. I don't have a lot of feeling about that one. Okay. Um, lots of stuff. I mean, it says, imagine your favorite Japanese hardcore band mixed with Swedish DB. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's exactly what it is. Right. Probably still rather listen to my favorite Japanese hardcore band. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, but, you know, that was that was aptly played. That was enjoyable. But that's not... I. I didn't really start to pay attention to that song uh-huh. until like the last 30 seconds when they sort of took that break and then came in with that, that, that like breakdown part. Yeah. And there was that catchy riff at the end. Yeah, for sure. That's where I started paying attention a bit more. Right. Um, so yeah, that was fine. Yeah, it was good. Um, it Like I said, I liked it when it came out. I still like it now. The description is definitely accurate. It is Japanese hardcore with D-beat, uh, Swedish D-beat vocals over top. That's true. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, I know. I know the preferences of some of the people in this band. They're definitely listening to Bastard. They're definitely listening to uh, Deathside. Yeah. All of that stuff. They're drawing from a good, solid pool, and they've been playing hardcore and punk for a long time. They know what the fuck they're doing. They're executing it well. I like this shit a lot. This is something that, if this were a twenty-five minute LP of this, oh, too much. Way too much. Too much. A four-song EP of this is perfect amount of this. I actually feel like so. I actually feel like a four-song EP with roughly six minutes of music on it uh-huh. is a little too a little too slim. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't mind. I, that. Like, it's weird. This sort of straddles a, a line for me mm-hmm. where I think it's really I think it's good. It's adeptly played. It doesn't stand out to me in any way. Right. But I also don't feel like four songs is enough for me to get my fill. Fair like enough. If I put this on, give me. 15 minutes of music fair enough 12 and a half right you know what i mean sure give me a full seven inch like recording right Right. basically seven minutes aside sure give me a full seven inch of recording to listen to yeah that's fair enough right fair enough i think that that, that's where i sit on this um yeah like i said this was i enjoyed this but i'd still rather listen to gauze right yeah sure but i mean i'd rather listen to gauze than almost anything yeah you know what I mean? so that's yeah, 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 uh, that's yeah, easy yeah, to yeah. say yeah. um there's not a ton of bands that are pulling influence from this wave of japanese punk and hardcore and d-beat so i'm happy that uh i'm happy that some folks i know are doing it justice for sure i'd like to get them on a show here i've tried to get them on one or two shows up here and it hasn't worked out um Yo, I'm going to holler at y'all. I got a show actually coming up at my place March 22nd at School Drugs from New Jersey, who's really good. I'm going to try and get you guys on that. I already have a local opener, but uh, if you ask me to pay you out the wazoo, I'm going to tell you to fuck yourself. I'll give you a little gas money, but that's all. Don't expect anything else. Maybe I'll make vegan Rice Krispie treats or something, but beyond that, you're out of luck. Yeah, this stuff is really good. Um, that said, it's been almost a year since they released this. Yeah. And they haven't done fuck all gets, else. It's the, it's the curse of the fucking Indianapolis hardcore bands, I right? I know, man. Let's write five songs, let's use a good name, and then let's fuck off and never do another goddamn thing. Right. Right? It's I'm so tired of it. Yeah. I'm so, I've been tired of it for a decade. Right. Release something new. Yeah. For, I, you know, there's For a, fuck's sake. It's It's been almost a year. You got six minutes of music here. It ain't that fucking hard to write this shit. Clearly, you're good at it. Yeah. Sit down and do it. You re- you wrote it and recorded it yourself, right? Yeah. You, you don't even have to go anywhere else to do it. You got your own recording set up. Literally. For Christ's sake. What could possibly be happening in your outside life that doesn't give you an hour a week? Right. Yeah, sure. Or one weekend. Right. One weekend to just knock out a new EP. Right. For fuck's sake. For a, a Pull near, it together. In nearly a year. Pull it the fuck together. Oh, I got to go to work. Oh, fucking the kids. You know what? Yeah. That's your fucking problem. 
Our fucking problem is you ain't writing enough shit. That's right. <laughs> that is, that's right? exactly right. There's more hours in the day than you know. Get off your fucking asses and do it. Agreed. Write me more fucking middle of the road mediocre shit. <laughs> <laughs> Write me more well recorded, aptly played middle of the road shit. Right. There you go. Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. They recorded this themselves and it sounds good. It does sound good. It sounds really good. Everything was nice. Everything was nice in, in like the balance. And yep. it, there wasn't anything that stood out. I liked where the vocals were in mm-hmm. the music. I could hear the music and the vocals were a di- like, like, not a distant howl, but but a, but a, a slightly stifled howl. Right. Um, I also will say so. The description of the band: imagine your favorite, imagine your favorite Japanese hardcore with Swedish D beat vocals, etc. Then add fifty collective years of stripes. You're welcome. Now, come on. Something I determined here. You know, you're you're I, you're claiming you have fifty years of collective stripes <laughs> under your belt because of the combined experience of all members of the band. Now, the conclusion I came to there, of course, is that you actually had to ask everybody in the band, I guess, or have a conversation about how long all of you guys have been playing punk and hardcore, and then add it up. Right. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say this as as a man who, I don't suck a lot of dicks, but I have sucked a dick, at least. I'm not going to tell you how many dicks I've sucked. It's none of your fucking business. Didn't ask. But... I'm just gonna go ahead and say, pretty gay. Yeah, pretty gay, man. You don't need to. You don't need to fucking add up your years of experience. What I'm gonna say is, it means nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> Literally all. nothing. You know how much experience Rick to life has? He probably's got close to 50 years experience all by his lonesome. Right. If he throws that on his resume, he's still Rick to life. Yeah, it, it's right? laughable. Like you know, hey, I've got a screen printing shop. With uh, 30 employees, collectively, we have over 60 years of experience screen printing. <laughs> right. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Shit. That what doesn't does that mean anything. Mean? That doesn't mean anything. You can't quantify that in right. any meaningful way. I saw I, I, around town here, I did see a billboard for a law firm uh-huh. with like 20 fucking people on it. Right. And it said 100 plus years <laughs> of legal experience. That's not how that works. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. It does, you don't just add it up and you're like, God, a century of experience. Right. That's not how that works. Out of 20 people, guaranteed some of them are poor performers and right. fucking know-nothings. Yeah, exactly. And there's a few people that are pulling more than their fair share of weight. <laughs> For sure. Right? For sure. And I know that's probably the case in this band, too. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Don't do anything. Uh, and, don't, don't say anything stupid like that moving forward. I'm also going to say the you're welcome part at the end. Yeah. Listen, if you're going to be in a band, you might as well like your fucking band. For sure. Right? In fact, if you don't, start a new band right. or get better. Like, like if you're going to be in a band, you might as well think that your band is fucking good and, dare I say, perhaps the best on the fucking bill. Sure. Right? But at the same time, come on. Right. Yeah. When I Honestly, I'm going to say that reading that before I heard the music uh-huh. clouded my fucking assessment right. of it. Right. Right? Yeah. Totally clouded because I'm like, you're welcome. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> right, right. Fuck you. Like what a th- what a thing to say. Right. Right. Hey, you're listening to uh, I would say at least twenty years of collective hardcore knowledge and experience in the podcast. Yeah. You're welcome. Right. Yeah. How you're, fucking obnoxious yeah, is that? So fucking stupid. Yeah. I guarantee JS read that. JS, if you're listening to this, suck suck my dick. Um, <laughs> let's roll the dice. See what's up next. Two. All right. Two is the fried em. Uh, EP, I think, or no, it's an LP, Modern World LP. Yeah. Uh, this just came out very recently, like I think like maybe a week ago, if that. 
It is. I don't think there's. I don't think this is on Bandcamp. I think it might be strictly a YouTube release. I know it's on No Deal. I don't know if Anti or any of the other uh, hardcore, you know, turn on the tube or anybody has put it on there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you said you've heard this. Yes. I have not heard this it's yet. Been ma- it's been making the rounds in the YouTube videos. Sure. And in the fucking, like, distros and shit. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, do we want to listen to the first track? Is there, where, where should we go? You you know more about this than I do. Maybe not much more, but you've at least heard it. Is there an intro on this that we need to avoid or we can can we just jump right in? Honestly, I'm still looking for it. Um, it's one of the newer releases. If you go to the No Deal um, YouTube page, I think it's one of the, one of, up top on the newer videos, like up pretty close to his, towards the top. Cause okay, the mo- Modern it. World. Yeah, Modern World LP. Yeah, yeah let's just do like Die Laughing the second track. All right, cool. So we are going to listen to Die Laughing by Fried EM off of their Modern World LP. <laughs> That was Fried EM with their song Die Laughing off of their LP Modern World out on Lumpy Records. Now, you know, I like that. Sure. Right. Yeah, it was good. We've heard some, what's not to like, right? Right. That is, dare I say, like a, a poppier hardcore. Right, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very rock-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, it's got a, sar- the sarcasm from that is dripping from the, the vocal delivery to every every aspect of the instrumentation. Right. If you can get sarcasm across in the drums, they were coming across. Sure. And right. that, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. That's a good observation. Even that riff felt like it was mocking you. Yes. Bang, dun, dun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I like mocking um, vindictive hardcore. Right. I like jangly rock and roll style to hardcore. The the vocals are perfect, natural voice, yep. sarcastic voice, flipper. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know? Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I like that. That was really good. I could not recall what that band had sounded like because I heard it in like a glut of mm-hmm. just YouTube. And I remember looking at the screen and saying, oh, okay, that's what this is playing. And I honestly couldn't remember because it was maybe a week and a half or two weeks ago. Right. But uh, yeah, I like that. It came, it came back to my mind. Yeah, for sure. It's really good. I will say it's not, as far as releases on Lumpy Records, it's not, at least based on that song, a, a standout Lumpy Records release for me. There's a lot of stuff on that right. label and in that scene that I really enjoy. This right. band is from Missouri. They sound like they're from Missouri. I mean, they sound like a Lumpy Records band for sure. Um, maybe a little bit cleaner than a lot of Lumpy Records stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, but still very good. I kind of felt this way, uh, how you felt about the crisis actor stuff, which it was like very well played, super competent, accomplishing what it aims to do. And I like it, mm-hmm. but it didn't totally punch me in the face. It wasn't a thing where I was like, oh, fuck, I got to listen to the rest of this on my way home. Right. Because that's what I th- the, the The releases on this show that we get that are my favorite are always things that I'm like, that's my first thought is like, oh, fuck, I got to listen to the rest get, of this as yep. soon as this show is done. I agree with that. You know what I mean? This didn't quite step up to that level, but it was very good for sure. I liked everything about it. There was nothing about this I didn't like. It just wasn't one of those things where I felt like the need to like, oh, I got to seek this out. This reminded me of like, I mean, it's, yeah. So it reminded me of maybe um, a forgotten middle of the road hardcore band from like, 1983 right sure that shows up in a fucking harmony corinne movie right and and like years later some boutique hardcore label does like a repress of their one seven inch yeah yeah and it just takes off right Right. it sounded it sounded old right um but at the same time it was pretty fresh for sure um yeah i mean yeah, so you're right. It doesn't it doesn't grab you and hit you in the face. It doesn't right. it it didn't it didn't make me pay attention, but at the same time it did pick my ears up. Maybe it's because it was more in line with a lot of stuff that I've been listening to lately, which sure. is a lot more just straightforward. Right. Um just straightforward cleanly played hardcore. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's hardcore punk with an emphasis on the punk. Yes. Right. It's just it's a little bit too fast. Right. A little bit too energetic to be like straight up 77 roots punk. It's hardcore, but like just barely. Yep. In the strictest sense of the word, is hardcore, right? Right. But but it's punk enough that the 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 folks playing this might get take offense if you were to lump them in with a hardcore band. Maybe I don't know. It's, maybe maybe not. Th- this sounded like uh, it was edited off the Repo Man soundtrack. Sure, right, right. It, I I get, and I've gotten in this argument with her several times. I recently like gotten a, a debate with an ex of mine who. When we started dating, was wearing Mad Ball shirts, and then she discovered like leather fingerless glove hardcore, and she got super into it, and she's still into it. And we always get in de- debates about like what hardcore is or like what it entails, right? Mm-hmm. Like she was talking about coming to some show at my house, and she's like, "Oh, they're a hardcore band," and I'm like, "You like hardcore? You listen to other than like you listen to a lot of death metal, but like other than that." You listen to almost exclusively hardcore music. Right. And she's like, I don't. I'm like, you love Bib. You love Bib. Right. And she's like, that's not hardcore. I'm like, no, it's hardcore to a T. Right. It's couldn't, you can't classify it as anything else. Right. You like Bib and you like Gag and you like Hoax and all that. It's, that those are hardcore bands. You should have fucking stripped her of her status and badges right then and there. Oh, I've already diagnosed her with BPD. Yeah. Bonafide poser disorder. Okay. Long ago. Okay. I love her. She's my friend, but she's opposed to Hand in the fucking, hand in the gloves. Yeah. Hand in the fucking look. Burn your shirts. You're officially fucking out. She's out, for you sure. You can observe from the fucking sidelines. <laughs> but you can't participate you can't anymore. can't participate. There, but there is a whole glut of, like, bands in this, in this scene, or at least fans of bands in this scene, that because they wear dad jeans and, like... Jeffrey Dahmer glasses think that they're like not playing hardcore or because they put a bunch of reverb on it like oh no this is punk it's just like yo fuck you stop stop being too cool stop being too cool nobody cares 
In fact, the person who cares the least is you in three short years when you graduate. Yeah, the, Fuck you. the person that cares the least is me. Well, because I didn't even know <laughs> sure. that happened. Yeah, that that right? is a, that's like a big how thing. could you not hear right Bib and then hear virtually any other hardcore band right that doesn't sound like they're on fucking bridge nine right and think that that's not hardcore right exactly sure right I mean I'm wearing fucking Dahmer glasses right now sure right I ain't wearing jeans right but I'd call it fucking hardcore right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I hate these fucking glasses. I like them. I love those glasses. I hate these fucking glasses. They're I think, heavy. I think they they're my good. work glasses. And right. my other glasses broke. Yeah. They're heavy. They cut into the backs of my ears. That sucks. Yeah. Might might push you to murder. Maybe that's yeah. what happened to Dahmer. It might. It might. His glasses got the best of him, and he just couldn't help but pump acid into the fucking heads <laughs> of homosexual men in Milwaukee. <laughs> Yeah, that right. that could be. We'll we'll never know. Yeah, there it is. You know, with psychopaths, there has to be some sort of triggering event. Yeah, you know, because nurture is at this point. I think science is revealed is more powerful than nature. I bet you that the natural like elasticity and cushioning of the scrotum uh-huh. would make pretty nice ear pads and nose pads for glasses. <laughs> Probably would. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how long it would last though. Probably not long. Leather, man. Right? Yeah, sure. You just stretch out the skins, mm-hmm. piss on them, like, you know, smear some fucking piss on them to get the nitrates on it and right. stuff and let it tan in your windowsill. There you go. Like a fucking dream catcher. Sure. Right? Yeah, and then you have nut sack, then nose you, pads. Then you just cut it out and fucking, you know, affix it to your glasses. Yeah, there you go. What an idea. Yeah. Uh, what's next? <laughs> oh, so I was going to ask when we were listening to uh, Friday M. Yeah. What do, you, what do you suppose the benefit is of paying Bandcamp an extra pittance to uh, get the Bandcamp address, like, your name? God knows. I can tell you this. Uh-huh. It's a pain in the fucking ass mm-hmm. when you're looking for bands on Bandcamp. Right. Because it don't pop up. Sure. If I go to Bandcamp and search your name, it don't fucking pop up. Really? No. Huh. And it, I have to dig a little more. Yeah. And I can't just navigate away from your page to a different fucking band. That's deeply annoying. It makes me like you even less. I didn't know that was the case. It seems to be the case, at least on my uh, tablet here. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just going to blame it all on JS. Okay. What's uh, what's next? What's next? Five. All right. One, two, three, four, five. We have Demo 2019 by Implied Risk from Denver, Colorado. The band camp is impliedriskhc.bandcamp.com. This is a four-song demo. Came out in August of last year. I think I saw the name dropped a couple of times, but I haven't listened to it. It is four songs. Uh, they all look to be... Well, there's a couple songs that, that clock in over two minutes long. The second one and the last one. The last one's almost three minutes long, so I'm assuming they're going out on like a slow burn banger. Or they have some sort of like weird obtuse noise outro. Maybe let's listen to the first song, Pariah. Pariah yeah. yeah. So we're going to listen to Pariah by Implied Risk off of their demo 2019. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king, you best not miss.
All right, that was Implied Risk with their song Pariah off of their demo 2019. Eh. Yeah. I don't give a shit about that. Sure. It's fine, right? Mm -hmm. We hear plenty of bands that sound like that. I like bands that sound like that from 20 years ago. Right. I'm not apt to listen to bands that sound like that today. Sure. Just because, I mean, it's not... it's not written for fucking old dudes. No, not really. You know what I mean? No. It's not interesting. It's not interesting hardcore. No, not to right? me. Not so to me, at least. Yeah. The only hardcore that you listen to that like that, that's like that for me anyway is when I was of an age when that seemed interesting and fun. Right, and now you have an emotional connection to those particular releases. Yes, yes. Right. I, that does literally nothing for me. Yeah, me neither. And I'm not a fan of like... A lot of those bands try to like just come up with like catchy one-liners that sound fucking sage and deep right but don't mean a goddamn thing (laughs) sure and they surely don't mean a goddamn thing coming from somebody under the age of 50 right yeah you know what i mean yeah or 60 sure right like a cold heart knows no regret right motherfucker i doubt it Right, yeah, like what does that actually mean? I bet there are old people with cold hearts that regret every fucking relationship they spurned <laughs> and every person they fucking burned in their life. Yeah, I bet you they probably. know nothing but regret now. <laughs> they struggle with it every day. Yeah. Every waking moment right. is a like, fucking... <laughs> like, that's a glib line to get everybody fucking dogpiling and going for mic control because they sure. want to fucking bark that lyric into the fucking mic. Right. Like, they can even comprehend uh-huh. the depth of what no regret might actually be. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? It's just a fucking it's just a fucking good one-liner in your fucking varsity script on the back of your fucking hooded jersey. Right. Right? That you wear. And, it's, and, and like, you look at it and you see, like, you know, I don't know, a 22-year-old person wearing it. And you're like, huh, huh, a little scamp. <laughs> and then you see, like, a 35 or 30-year-old or older person wearing it. And you're like, Jesus, you fucking idiot. Right. Yeah, you know what I sure. mean? For sure. Right? I mean, it's literally... It's it's literally a stupid phrase that signifies nothing. <laughs> yes. Right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, bands like this don't do that much for me. That said, if it's on, it's on. I ain't fucking turning it off. Sure, yeah, yeah. I ain't paying attention to it either. Right. Right? When you listen to this sort of music, you expect a certain degree of just um, banality mm-hmm. and stupidity and just sort of like, I guess lack of wisdom being displayed as ultimate wisdom in the lyrics. Right. Youthful naivete at its peak. Yeah. Right? The pinnacle of that. I, I bet that the four people in this band collectively uh-huh. have at least 15 years of hardcore experience. <laughs> yeah. Maybe more. Perhaps more. Maybe more. I Well, I heard this, dis- at least in the email somebody sent over, I think they said it had veterans of the Denver scene. Okay. Um, you know, if that's the case... If that, if that's the case, you know I don't know. If 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 the, if the people in this band are over thirty, I'm I'm giving you the side eye. Well, see, here's the thing: if you're 25 or under, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like like, if you're over 30 and you just want to play hardcore, right? Right. It gets fucking hard. Sure. It only gets harder the older you get. Right. Because. Like people drop out. The right. people that you were into it with have fucking dropped out. Mm-hmm. 
And the only people that are still doing it are, are younger people than you. Right. Depending on the choices that you made, you got kids, you got work, you got a family, you got all this other shit, you got a spouse. Um, it takes up your fucking time. It, sure. Like I said a couple episodes ago, like life fucking breaks you. Right. Right. And it ter- it takes a willingness to just sort of like say fuck it and keep going. Sure. And the older you get, the fucking harder it gets. So, you know, I can imagine like. If somebody, if you said, "Hey, let's start a band," it sounds like in my eyes, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's cool." That's true. That's you know a good, what I mean. That's a good point for sure. Like, uh, yeah, that's, let's let's uh, let's you know let's let's fucking let's start a band that sounds like fucking end to end. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. Like that. That's actually a very good point. Uh, if this is like a couple veteran member veteran members of the scene and a couple young people, I can totally get that because yeah, it, even at even at age thirty now, if some young people approach me and they were just trying to play hardcore at all, I'd be like, fuck it, whatever you want to sound like, man. I'm just trying to have fun and play this right. music. So I can see that for sure. If this is all thirty five year old dudes, that's when I'm like, okay, guys, come on, you guys got a lot of experience. Let's do something a little bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah. If it's all young people, cool, you get a pass. If it's a mix of old and young, you bright you bring up a very valid point for sure. Um, this was very competently done. I largely feel the exact same way about this as you do, though. It doesn't stick with me at all. This is music for young people, largely played by young people. Um, it sits squarely in what I would define as modern hardcore sound. It is equal parts in my eyes as it is terror. Yep. You know, uh, this is something that could easily, you know, this is bridge nine hardcore for sure. Right. This is, this is uh, mid to late aughts bridge nine hardcore. There's melody in it, but it's driving. It has a little bit of a metallic edge, but it's not quite like jockey hardcore either. Right, right, it's right. stage dive hardcore. It's varsity jacket hardcore. Which again is just not something that at thirty really appeals to me. And if and if it did, it would frankly be pretty embarrassing. Um, you know, I don't bleach my hair and comb it meticulously anymore because that would be really fucking stupid. I did that when I was seventeen, and that was nice, and that was a fun little foray into that world. Um, I have a letter jacket; it's hanging hanging on the shelf where it should, or hanging you know hanging on the rack where it should be. Right. I will probably pass it on to a younger man sometime soon. Um, just burn I, it. Well, I'm not going to burn it. Don't, don't pass. Don't be a don't be a grandpa. Here you go, son. Hope it means as much to you as it meant to me. You know what I mean? Just fucking burn it. Well, you pass records on to me. Yeah, but it, it's only usually if I. Rarely is it if I don't have another copy. Sure. And only because I genuinely don't like it. Right. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. That's it. I'm not giving you the records that I like and only have one copy of. <laughs> That's true, but right? I'm not going to wear the jacket anymore, so it might as well go to a, a, a home that appreciates Fuck it. Fuck that. No, that's that's a cool thing to do. No, that's yeah. not. That's yeah. grandpa shit. No, it's cool. I'm going to pass it on it's, to a young man. It's so much fucking cooler to burn it in renunciation of what it was. <laughs> I'm dumb, right? it's so I'm not renouncing what it was. Cooler. Like, get a fucking mannequin, right? <laughs> Put it in the fucking Letterman jacket, right? And like dress it up in the garb of the era, you uh-huh. know, fucking fuck it, wrap it in a flag too. Why not? While you're at it, put right. a Bible in his hand, and then burn it. <laughs> but I'm not renouncing what it was. Yeah, but you are. Yep. I mean, you're old enough. The point that it doesn't mean as much to you anymore, right? You're like, yeah, fuck it, it don't matter. Right. Burn it. <laughs> burn it. <laughs> Absolutely right? not. Don't give it to somebody. I like giving. I like passing stuff on yeah. to younger folks. I think it's a cool thing. It's a nice gesture, and I fully support it. I already have somebody in mind that I'm going to give it to. I can't wait till he shows up to shows and wearing it. No, see. Mm. Flashing it in your face. No, 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 no. I think it's very cool. Um, what's uh, what's next? Let's roll the dice. 
gotten through uh, three so far. All we right. felt like more, uh, other than the, I really liked the Friday end. That's the stuff that's the most in my lane. Yep. But I've more or less felt essentially the same about all three things. Like the Friday M, I like the most because it is the stuff that I like and listen to actively most often. But all of this is basically like real good at what it does, but not blowing me away. The Friday M is good enough that I, I would I, purchase that. I'd purchase that. Right, for sure. And I'd book that band. If I, I mean, I'd book all these bands, right. but, you know. Crisis Actor was well played, but that, they they were annoying. <laughs> sure. In, in, right? <laughs> right, yeah. In, like, the fucking attitude that they right. put out there, right? Whether or not that's what they intended, it annoyed me. Sure. And for that, it clouded my reason. Right. Right? Um, and then that last band was just, just not not for me. Just boring. Right. Yeah. It's just it's not it's not for not for old heads. It's it's frankly as anybody will discover not for anyone. Sure. Well, right? well it's for youth. You get over it. It's for young people. Gives a shit. Yeah. Maybe I'll give somebody my fucking jacket. <laughs> Fuck you. Seven. <laughs> All right. Seven is uh, pretty Maddie. Okay. The Bandcamp is prettymaddy.bandcamp.com. Oh, no, actually, oh, uh-oh, he's going to draw your ire. It's prettymaddy.com. God damn it. Um, so this is the project of Matthew Morand, homie of mine from Toronto, Canada. He also plays or played in at some point self-defense family. He used to play in a band called uh, Lychee that was cool. This is uh, just one song. It's on a split with Sad Baxter, like I said at the top of the episode, coming out in Head to Wall Records. Great label based out of Ohio puts out a uh, broad range of stuff. So if you don't like this, you might like something else on the label. Um, the song is called Why Not Be Something That You Are. And uh, it's a minute, 48 seconds long. Like I said, I expect I expect a anthemic, anthemic power pop from Pretty Maddie. That's typically what he delivers. We'll see how it goes. The name of this song makes it sound like a Dinosaur Junior song. Why? It just does. Why, Why not, not be, be something? something what you are sounds like the name of a fucking D Junior song. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I like D Junior a nope. lot. So we're going to listen to Why Not Be Something That You Are by Pretty Maddie off of the Pretty Maddie ba- Sad Baxter split.
right, that was Pretty Maddie with Why Not Be Something That You Are off of the Pretty Maddie Sad Baxter split. That was enjoyable. Yeah. Catchy, poppy. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn it. Got to kill that. Catchy, poppy. Not much there not to like. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, it sounded like... So his voice mm-hmm. sounds like how I would make fun of Ari Katz from Lifetime. <laughs> That's a really funny fucking comparison. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it sounds bad. Right, right. I'm just saying that that's what it sounds like. It sounds like me or somebody trying to make fun of the dude from Lifetime. (laughs) I like that comparison. Yeah. And now I'm going to hear it every time I listen to Pretty Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right away, it's what I heard. Yeah. And uh, I like the backing vocals way in the back of that. That Mm -hmm. They were really nice, too. A nice touch. Yep, for sure. Yeah, that was enjoyable. That was catchy. It um, wasn't overly sappy. Right. We we, we both know that I am a man that doesn't feel anything. (laughs) Well, you feel a couple things. I am am incapable of feeling things that many songs that express anything other than blinding fury (laughs) express. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Uh Um, So I'm glad that it wasn't super sappy. Yep. Uh, there's a bit of it seems like there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of sarcasm in there as well, right? You know. Yep. So I'm into that. Yeah, it's not overly overly uh, saccharine and sentimental. He typically doesn't venture into that world. Oh lyrically. man, boy, I tell you what. Now, if that had been the case, mm-hmm. nope. Yeah, 100 percent different. No, for sure. This stuff is really good. Like I said, it's driving, well executed power pop, reminiscent of the uh, more driving power poppy reaches of the Lemonheads catalog or something like that. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. I'm never disappointed with Pretty Maddie. He usually keeps the uh, the releases pretty short. You know, the song's very short. Usually two minutes or under is the is the standard delivery time for a Pretty Maddie uh, pop rock package. The tape, you know, he's released a couple tapes now, I want to say. Both really good that I know of. Um, I, I'll definitely pick up a 7-inch when it comes out. I'm trying to get him back at the house. He played at the house last year. Very good live, energetic, Short set, to the point, fun stuff. You know, there's there's not a lot to not like on this, right? It may, yes, again, maybe if it were if it were overly like saccharine, sweet, and like sappy, might feel differently about it. But that's not his uh, that's not his chosen delivery, which is for it, the best. It basically becomes an entirely different genre if it's saccharine, sweet. Right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the one thing that I think puts this under the pump, like the the, the punk umbrella, right? Is like. The, the bit of like sarcastic sort of like mocking derision that is hidden within sure the the, uh, the lyrical delivery for sure sarcastic hidden sarcastic mocking derision kind of sums up Matt as a person because Matt is like a really sweet dude who I love and is like genuinely enjoyable to be around but also has a head full of vitriol, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this, and it like, and but it's subtle, yeah. and you don't detect it right at first. And like, he has a subtle humor style, and it definitely it, it comes across in his music for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it kind of describes me when I'm on my best behavior. That's true. That's true. Yes. Although even on your best behavior, you're not even brushing up against the level of approachability that Matt has or that even most people I'm not have. as pretty as Matt is. You're not as pretty as Matt is. Matt is aptly named. He is a pretty boy. I uh I am a uh a golem <laughs> of adipose tissue and chunky body parts. <laughs> right? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, that was really good. Like I said, I expected that to be exactly what it was. He always delivers. It was good shit. I'll pick that seven inch up. And like I said, I'm trying to book, uh, I'm trying to book Matt at the house at some point this year for sure. Uh, let's roll the dice. See what's up next. All righty. One. 
Okay, one is Wreckage with the Only Way demo. The Bandcamp is wreckagectc.bandcamp.com. See, look at this. I can't fucking search directly from Patty Maddie's page because there's no Bandcamp search. That's fucked up, man. Yeah, what is? I don't. I don't get. I don't know. I don't know what the benefit of that is. I, it's it's just irritating. It's right. ego. It's irritating <laughs> ego. Is that what it is? I think so. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, we've got wreckage with the only way demo. This came out uh, February seventeenth, so it just drop, uh, dropped. It was. Uh, oh well, I saw Will, and I immediately was like, "Oh, Will Hillingsworth." But no, this was mixed and mastered by Will at Gate Four Studios. So we got a different Will encroaching on Willie Killy's territory. Um, this is a four-song demo. Songs are all real short. The last song is a two-minute burner, but all the other songs clock in at just under or just over a minute long. Uh, I see no reason. Let's listen to a couple songs since they're so short. Let's okay. let, let's maybe just listen to the first two songs. Okay. So we are going to listen to, or we can, or should we listen to two and three because three is the title track of the of the. Uh, we we have to go with the title track right Right. so let's but let's listen to two because like i said they're only between the two of them they're barely over two minutes of music okay so let's listen to victim and the only way by wreckage off of the only way demo okay That was Wreckage with Victim and The Only Way off of their The Only Way demo. That was pretty good. Yeah. Another, it was another, like, middle-of-the-road guy. For sure. You know? It was Breakdown 87 demo. Yeah. It, very much so, but, you know, not not as good. Yeah, and there was, there was a little more of, like, a, you know, like, 
upbeat, a lot more upbeat sort of circle pit aspect to sure, it. Sure, right, yes. The the, the the moshier parts were evocative of like that early breakdown yeah. stuff, but with fast part, more fast part parts thrown in. I mean, I, like, I was thinking for some of the faster parts, who's sounding like that that sounds really fucking good? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a world away from a band like Warthog. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, as a, you know, they're probably not going for the same thing that Warthog is going for. Right. But uh, the faster parts didn't sound too much off of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just middle of the road. Yeah, it was fine. You know, it, uh, didn't make me feel anything. And no, that's a bummer. Either. Yeah, That's a either. bummer. Hardcore yeah. has to make you feel something. Has to, or, or else I now, just, yeah. I'm sure it makes the people that know these guys feel something. I'm sure it makes the guys that fucking play it something. Sure. Feel something. Me, don't make me feel nothing. No, not really. It's, um, it's fine for a demo. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. again, this is a demo. That's a always a thing to keep and in mind. And it's the first, first thing, it seems. Right, yeah. So that's always something to keep in mind. Like, when we're listening to actual demos on this, that's what a demo is. It's literally a demonstration of what you, of, of your capabilities. It's a proof of concept, right? That's what a demo should be, ideally. In hardcore, we have these legendary demos that stand out that are like head and shoulders above release, you know, some band's entire discographies. Right. So we have an idea that a demo should come out the gate just being like smashing. Right. But that's not necessarily the that's case. That's not necessarily the case. A demo truly is just a proof of concept for your band to say, hey, this is these are the ideas that we have. This is what we're going for. And ideally, on the next release, we're going to get some better recording. We're going to know what we're going for a little bit better. We're going to have mastered our approach a little bit more. And the first proper release is going to be an improvement on this basic idea if if i were in this band given that you know again it's a proof of concept right the one thing that i would say is missing is savagery sure yeah 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 exactly right yep it's a little too cut and dry right it's got maybe my least my least favorite style of hardcore vocals which is the you know like the real like airy throaty fucking bark yeah i'd much rather hear vocal cords ripping yeah, I agree. And like, you know, shrieking fury. It works for me sometimes, but yeah, I agree generally. It almost always, you put a vocalist like you described over pretty much any style of hardcore and it's going to be better. Yeah. And, yeah. and and it gets back to what we were saying before, like a few episodes, like, na- your natural fucking voice. Right. Right. Just yell in your natural fucking voice. Sure. Don't try to lower it. Don't try to sound like a fucking barking dog. Right. Whatever comes out will sound better than what you're trying to do. Probably, yes. Right? Yes. So just go with that. For sure. Right. There's no way that that's what that guy actually fucking sounds like. <laughs> but it. But what if he did? But what if he did? It'd be hell to have a conversation with him. Yeah. Like, there's no... But you know what I mean? Like, like when he yells, that's not what he sounds like. He sounds yeah. like when you watch, like, an old samurai video, a movie. Right. And they're like... And they're like yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. That's not how they fucking talk. Right. They do it for effect. Sure. You know, but I think that it works to poor effect in most hardcore. Yeah. I I, I largely agree with that assessment for sure. Um, It was so hard for me to not just go into straight up like fake Japanese. I know. Because I do a really good fake Japanese. But, you know, be sensitive. Yeah. Um, But again, as we've said time and time again on the show, as soon as the mics go off. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So it's in your head now. And now you're racially <laughs> insensitive because you're doing a fake Japanese I think it was head. for Japanese, too. What was that? When we talked about doing a fake accent. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it, it was. was. Well, I'm really good at it. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. It's really fun to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. So we've, gone, we've gotten through five. I kind of want to get through... I kind of want to get through a lot of... Um, 
a lot of we have a lot of messages. Okay. And I kind of want to just like power through them. When I edit the music in, we'll be like around an hour on okay. this. We probably have four or five messages to get through. Some well, of them. Hold on. I don't, I don't want to cut you off. Okay. But Is you there will. anything? I'm going. To. <laughs> yes, right. I will. Yeah. You I, don't want to, but by God, you have uh, to. By God, I am. I'm going to step in right <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Is there anything on the list that you think is going to be a fucking banger? Because I feel like the two stand, like Pretty Maddie, I think stood up, stood out above everything uh-huh. else. It definitely had me tapping my toes more than anything else. And For then sure. the Friday M. But but those other three bands, um, Wreckage, Crisis Actor, and um, what was the last one? Uh, the let's see. Well, it doesn't it doesn't speak well. To no, it it. Does. implied risk. Implied risk. Yes, I knew it started with an I. Yeah. Um, Wreckage, Crisis Actor, and Implied Risk. Those three, for me, were uh-huh. all solid fucking 5.5s. Right, right. Right? Didn't, didn't Crisis actor, him. Crisis Actor was probably closer to a 7. Uh-huh. But, but that just left a sour that taste fucking tood man yeah. coming right off the bat. <laughs> that's a couple. That's a couple marks. So, you know, if there's anything on here that I think stands the highest chance of being a banger, it's between two things. It's either Ghoulie from Richmond, Virginia, and both of these are partially influenced by where they're from too. Right. Because RVA, come on, man. Right. A, a long history of great shit. Ghoulie, because it was described to me as. Having some like '82 hardcore influence, which hard to go wrong with. Then the other one is a Boston band called Marionette. The aesthetic looks pretty cool. The name is good. It's Marionette spelled out with like chains coming off of the letters. Um, Mary Annette. Marionette. Like motherfucker, you doing your fucking purposely daft thing? And for a minute, I fell for it. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, it was this one was recorded, mixed, and mastered by Will Killingsworth. I've okay. commented before. I really love so, Will's like recording style. Right. So you want to just like throw this one in, and just on the off chance that maybe like I think so. I think we still got to play by the rules, but let's give it one more roll. Uh-huh. And, and what we have like five left. We've got one, two. Yeah, we got five left. So we have like. Greater than, we've got about a thirty-nine or forty percent chance of hitting one of them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Let's, we've got we got a forty percent chance of hitting one of them. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Let's roll and see what's up. Here we go. All right. Cooking those dice. Two. All right. Two is Ghoulie. Okay. So uh, the Bandcamp is Ghoulie.bandcamp.com. Ghoulie. G H O U L I. Like I said, this band is from Richmond. They have a demo that came out in July of 2018, and then this 7-inch or EP, oh, no, cassette, sorry, uh, cassette EP that came out in January of this year. Like I said, recorded, mixed, mastered by Will Killingsworth. I really, really like his recording style. Um, So at the very least, I expect this to probably sound very good. Okay. It is a six-song release. Um all the songs clock in except for one of them at a little bit over two minutes long, uh, one approaching three minutes long. So I don't know if we want to do we, we can we can try the opening song. I can let me see actually because they sent it in. Um, I think he might have sent it in the email and he might have suggested which song we we listen to. Okay. Yeah, Michael Kent from the band. Uh, we're influenced by early '80s hardcore and death rock. Um, yeah, he didn't. He didn't suggest any particular, particular song. So, okay. do we just want to jump in? Jump in the beginning. I say. I say you always open with your strongest, right? Well, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna listen to "Coffin" by Ghoulie off of their EP "Nothing."
right, that was the song Coffin by the band Ghoulie off of their EP Nothing. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was it wasn't too bad. Um All in all, definitely influenced. I mean, it said it says thrash, punk rock. Hardcore, right? Um, didn't really hear a lot of goth in that. Obviously, in the imagery and so forth, like the picture of the band is like four buttheads standing in front of a fucking field of pumpkins. Yeah, right. Four buttheads, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was fine. Uh-huh. When it was playing, I mean, so this band definitely takes a lot more from like the like thrash, classic thrash, and I would say classic metal aesthetic that can bleed into punk. Yeah, like, just from like the solos. That's a Motorhead solo. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah, and the like the reverbed out vocals are like Venom. Yeah, right. yeah. Even even like that dun 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 like the yeah. intro. Yeah, come on. Sure. What do you fucking think of when you hear that? Right. Rain of blood. Right away. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. All in all, that was enjoyable. I will say, I really did not like the way that the chorus line. I don't need help. Destroying myself was drawn out over the entire measure. The phrasing of that caught me too, man. I like as soon as you mentioned, I was like, I know, I hate that too. I just didn't like that. It's to me, it sapped any energy from the fucking song. There was some, I think there were some vocal phrasing issues in general. That was probably my biggest gripe with this. Some of the phrasing was not great. I mean, it seems like a nitpick, and it probably is. But hey, have you ever listened to the show before? That's what we fucking do. We nitpick, <laughs> right? We tell you how to do things better, right? What the fuck do we know, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Sure. Um, but I did like that. Uh, I heard the death rock influence. I mean, this sounded like a better produced, well, better is relative, I will say, a cleaner produced and a more modern production style of like death rock era TSOL. With yeah, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like definitely early heavy metal influences. Right. For sure. Right. Um, and, but, you know, TSOL, again, like is a hardcore band in the strictest sense. Right. But, you know, uh, Dance With Me has, has like, a lot of weirdo, gothy, death rock influences that were very region-specific to the West Coast. You know, Christian Death came out of that same scene. Um, I could hear the influences in this, that, for sure. That's a good point to make. They're yeah. present. Um, I, you know, I don't... I, I think you guys are, are... You arrived at what you're going for, for sure. And this was good. Uh, it Again, it did not blow me away. It seems like it would probably be fun live. My only real gripe, like I said, is with the phrasing. Production sounds good. Will Killingsworth did a great job, as I expected him to. I wish that you had leaned into that opening riff more, because that was my favorite riff of the song. Yeah, side. and then it totally changed, right? I thought, away. oh, this is going to fucking rip. Same. And then it changed. I was like, hmm. Ah, fuck. And there was a little bit of fucking drop in the sails, like the wind was taken yeah. out of the sails song. Yeah, because that whole that first riff, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is going to bang. Yeah. And then it was like, ah, shit. This is, this is good, but like that riff was promising. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. And yeah, I mean, there was something about the way it was delivered that... I felt lacked energy. It was a little lackadaisical. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, again, didn't have a problem with this. I thought it was good. It was more or less well-delivered, well-written stuff, obviously thoughtfully written. You guys know what you're doing. Um, you, you know, you don't need our critique to help you out. Yeah. I think people already like your band, and you're obviously doing well. Playing a couple shows coming up in Richmond next month. For sure. Uh, but, yeah, to my taste, this could have been a little bit more ripping. We've said that about other bands on the show. You know, this could have been a little bit more ripping, and I would have liked it a little bit more. 
Um, it just felt like it was there's something about it was dragging a little bit. And yeah, the promise of that first riff not being delivered on maybe took the wind out of the sails early on, and I just never could quite get up to that level of enthusiasm yep. that I had when that first riff hit again. Yep. But that said, it was good for sure. No, no doubt. We had uh, on this episode we had a lot of stuff that was like good and competent and not not a pain to listen to. You know, not uh, not a stress on my ears. But not a whole lot of stuff that I would, you know, revisit or purchase. A couple things that were standout, like we said, Pretty Maddie and Friday M. And the rest of the stuff, all good at what it does, just uh, not really not really blowing me away. Yeah, if I'm in your hometown, you're on a show, cool, I'll check it out. For sure. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll, I would watch any of these sets. I'd book any of these bands at the house happily. Um, some of these bands probably have uh, a high, high likelihood of catching me more live. You know, like we've said, I mean, a lot of hardcore and punk. I mean, it is a medium that is best enjoyed live. Yeah, it definitely it definitely influences your opinions on certain bands. For sure. Yeah. So not mad at any of the stuff that we heard tonight. All good, all competently played, all well-written. Just uh, not a lot of stuff that totally blew me away. So on that note, uh, if you want to, we can go ahead and get on the messages. Like I said, we have a handful of messages today, and I'd like to kind of crank through them because we got some questions. We got some good stuff. Yo, it's, uh, it's your boy TJ. Again, uh, Aviator TJ, not the one that you had on the podcast the other day. Uh, uh, was listening to the, today's, uh, episode, the really, really long one, and, uh, about, uh, getting older and all that shit. Um, yeah, I mean, as a kid, so as a kid, I was very afraid of, like, end of the world shit. Um, you know, asteroids, uh, you know, disasters, catastrophes, whatever you, you know, you want. And I just, I wanted to grow old. I wanted to become like a grandpa and all that shit. Um, now that I'm 32, I find myself, uh, feeling like pretty much the exact opposite. Um, I work, uh, predominantly in and around hospitals, old folks homes, uh, and I carry specimens diseases, you know, test tubes full of stuff. Um, and it's not that that scares me as much as just seeing old people and how how just sad it is getting old. Um, so, yeah, basically, just give me, uh, I mean, I'm not in any way asking for it. I, you know, if I, if I get to a point where, you know, some kind of catastrophe, uh, 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 mountain lion attack, um, you know, a Steve Irwin-style death, uh, the Yellowstone Caldera, uh, an asteroid, tsunami, earthquake, tornado, whatever comes my way, take me. Um, I would much rather that than, uh, I don't know if I'm going to have kids being able to take care of me when I'm older. So, yeah. Uh, that's all i got to say about that. Piss flaps. Thanks for that. Dope. All right. Peace. <laughs> yeah, piss. I'm, I uh, loathe to be reminded of the phrase piss flaps. Yeah. Boy, TJ, you're really bringing us down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> well, my grandpa is currently in the process of dying. I went and saw him this last weekend. It was humbling for sure. Yeah. Um, that said, I still, I still remain firmly in that I'm trying to live. To, to see old age camp. I know you want to check out while you're still like fairly virile. Yeah. Um, but 
That's because I want to see some wild shit. Right, yeah. And I want to be like able to, to participate in it. Sure. Right? Yeah. I like the visual of TJ. Like, he's like, ah, and mountain lion attack. Just laying down tornado. And, and I just picture him like <laughs> living out. Uh, what does he, he lives in Ohio? No, no. He lives, he lives on the, I think he lives in maybe Philly now. Okay. Well, like he lives out east. Like, I just picture him being in like a tornado prone area, right? Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, it's like a scene from a movie, you sure. know, and his wife and kids are there. <laughs> You know, and he's like, honey, honey, tornado, get in the basement. And then he immediately just opens the door and runs out directly (laughs) towards Big, big grin on his face, right. running straight at it. I, I like the idea of getting attacked by a mountain lion and not fighting back at all. Just pulling your shirt down and yeah. th- and showing your throat and chest yeah. and pointing to it. Here, 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 here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just saying... Okay. All right. I guess. Well, here we go. I, I uh, so so, yeah. Like, I don't want to like dwell on the, how horrible it must be getting old. Right? <laughs> right. It it definitely is. It gotta be. Um, but I see. I want. I want to experience something in my in in my younger, more functional days that I can participate in. You right. know what I mean? Like sure. a cataclysm, world downfall, <laughs> right? right? All the stuff that your favorite fucking grindcore bands prophesized, uh-huh. right? That's what I want to fucking live through, right? Right? Mm-hmm. I want to like find a reason, like look out the window, mm-hmm. and be like, "Oh shit!" Run upstairs, grab what I got, and run out. <laughs> Right, right. You know, see, I, I exist right in the happy medium of that because I don't want to grow old like just with nothing going on, boring fucking life. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that for sure, and it seems awful. But I am still relatively scared of like go- global cataclysm and natural disasters and shit. I don't want to go out in a fucking tsunami and shit like that. Like I don't want to at all. I want my death to be like fairly quick or at the very least glorious magnificent right yes uh so i'm right in the happy medium where we've talked about it before like i would trade everything to be thrown into a world where i was fending off monsters and raiders with you know battle axes and swords and shit i would happily put my life on the line to live in that world no no doubt so if i found myself in a situation where there was maybe more day-to-day risk and danger and the trade-off was I could die at any time. I'll take that for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, fuck Yellowstone Caldera and shit. That stuff still scares me. Oh man, check this out. So you know how people travel around the world to get? There's like a whole community of people that travel around the world for uh, total solar eclipses. Right, right. They mm-hmm. go see it. Sure. Right. How about we get news that mm-hmm. a big fucking rock is going to hit the Earth? Right. Right. Every, it's like, it's, you know, the stuff they, they make movies about. Right. A big fucking rock is coming. Yep. Right? Big enough that it's going to severely, like, it won't be, you know, world ending. Sure. But it's definitely going to upend things a lot. Right. Right? And in the days coming up to it, like, the, the feral nature of, of man unchained mm-hmm. is uh, manifest. <laughs> sure. Right? Yes. And we see, like, what happens as, as people sort of come to understanding that their, their sheltered and comfortable life that they thought was uh, inassailable mm-hmm. is nothing more than a facade. Right. Right? It's it's only granted existence purely by the whim of the universe and nothing else. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? And so you know, we start seeing shit go crazy. I'll tell you what I'm doing. Because you know they're going to tell you where it's going to impact. Sure. I'm going there. 
right? Absolutely I'm not. I'm going to go right where it's going to fucking impact, and I'm going to watch it. and be like, yes! And watch it come down. What You talk about magnificent. Right. Right? What could be more magnificent than that? <laughs> I meant more like glorious. Like, die in a glorious way. I think that that is, that is personally glorious. I mean, you are, you are casting yourself into the you're casting yourself into the, the like willingly accepting the absurdity of the universe right yeah. not only that but embracing it mm-hmm. right you you are showing you are showing love for the cosmic order right by positioning yourself <laughs> at the epicenter of where the asteroid will hit uh-huh. i could, i can't imagine that i would be the only one there oh no i'm sure there would be a fair amount of people that do that right right and we we would just be there arm in arm <laughs> Like mocking the fucking heavens, right? <laughs> Burning flags and Bibles, right. fucking and shooting each other, <laughs> right? And just waiting, just waiting for that rock to hit. And then when it hits, you are compacted immediately and vaporized. Your atoms go off into the atmosphere. Uh-huh. They seed the planet with your organic molecules planetary-wide. Some of your organic molecules might be so broken down by the energy of the impact that you were converted into an elemental substance, right? right. You were converted back into pure elemental substance. Sure. And at that point, you have volunteered yourself to be the building blocks of the next world, <laughs> right? What could be more magnificent than that? Than fucking getting shanked by some gutter snipe as you're trying to steal a loaf of bread <laughs> from the fucking grocery store and get home before, you know, you, the neighbors come in and burn your house down. Right. Right? Sure. Uh, that's way better than any fucking prepper dream, right? Mm-hmm. Don't prepare. Just accept. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's one way to do it. I still have, like, a pretty pronounced and pervasive fear of my own mortality um, that, like I said, I would be willing to throw to the side for day-to-day excitement and adventure. But if I find myself in a situation where it's life or death on a global cataclysm level, I'm trying to make it through to the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, not me. I, you, that is the highest of adventure. You talk about living high adventure. <laughs> it's about watching the final moments as a fucking city-sized astro- city asteroid slams into your <laughs> worthless fucking corpse. I should note, too, maybe I've said it on this show before. I know I've said it online before and in conversations about this before, but... When we're talking global cataclysm and we're talking extinction level events, people have this fantasy or this conception based on, you know, sensationalized headlines or history channel shows or whatever the fuck that extinction level events are things that occur virtually overnight or over the course of a couple of years or whatever. Not true. Unless the planet is pulverized to dust, right, there's going to be pockets of humanity that are pushing on for mostly tens, if not hundreds of thousands of years. The dinosaurs were pea-brained moron creatures, and there were pockets of dinosaurs that lived after that massive cataclysm that occurred for up to 200, 300,000 years, and they didn't have technology on their yeah, side. but you know what they did have? What's that? Balls. <laughs> 
they had the balls to do what needed to be done. <laughs> That's true, for sure. Right. But I think you would find that in the in the case of a post-apocalyptic scenario, uh, people's balls would be dropping real quick. They had real quick. fucking two-ton clackers <laughs> as they fucking right. did what they needed to do to persist for the next 200,000 years. That's true, yeah. Here's the thing, though. We're currently living through an extinction level event. Yes, that is true. That is true. Uh, species extinction is occurring at a, at a higher rate than any other time, I believe, in geologic history, save mm-hmm. perhaps like, you know, Precambrian extinctions and things like that. Right. Right. Some of those, the, 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 the mass extinctions prior, and it's all of our own doing. They call it the Anthropocene yep. era. Yep. Right. Um, so we're currently living through one. So it could be slow and insidious. Mm-hmm. Um, I can guarantee you. Right. That embracing it uh-huh. would be far better than cowering and trying to hold on and seeing what comes after. Eh, maybe. I don't know. Mm, dude, look what happened in 2005 mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Right. With uh, the hurricane that hit there. Sure. Right? Literally, within 24 hours, mm-hmm. New Orleans went from a functioning what was thought to be relatively order orderly metropolis mm-hmm. into full-on escape from new york nightmare <laughs> yeah for sure it did right uh-huh. with with like basically an unsanitary refugee state right um and all the weird little like underground rules that you know were happening in there uh-huh. right regarding the the trading of flesh and the uh, <laughs> overseeance of resources <laughs> As happens in, in like, crowded refugee situations, sure. right? Chaos reigns, and there will be a few people with the biggest guns or the sharpest knives to fucking rein it in and get what they can. Right. Right? It literally took less than 24 hours for that to happen. Yeah, that's true. Right? Utter fucking bedlam. Look, I'm not saying I want it, but I'm here for it. I'll, I'll stick it out. I'll, I'll take that over the asteroid. Like I said, I have I have a deep, deep-seated deep fear of my own mortality, and if it comes down to it, I mean, you know— it's I I'm positive I am assured in the knowledge that the real post-apocalypse will not measure up to my fantasy of the post-apocalypse. No, it, 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 will, it will end with a whimper. It will quite <laughs> literally be the end of apocalypse now. Right. Yes. Almost certain. That's how it will go. But that's instead, that, you could go get the show of a fucking lifetime. Right. By going to where it's going to impact. It's like sure. watching the IMAX with fucking 3D glasses on. And you you wouldn't even feel it. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You just simply wouldn't be there suddenly. Right. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. You're right. not wrong. But like I said, it's uh, my, my fear of this is uh, pathological. It, right. it compels me. Right. You know, it compels me against all else. Against one one the might say that my hope for it is pathological. <laughs> one might say that indeed. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm kind of I'm the, I'm the middle ground between between you and TJ. Yeah, right? you know, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tear removed from that. I'm down for the adventure. I'm down to get wild. I'm not trying to fade away into oblivion slowly as my loved ones die off and forget me. But on the same token, I'm not I'm not rushing out to meet the mountain lion. Okay. Um, let's uh, let's see what we got next in the in the messages. All right. Yeah, I really fucked up the last two. Like, there's a lot of fucking problems with each of those. But yeah, this is Bilbo Faggins here, resident queer, shit talker, uh, lover, mate, uh, kill fuck married person, whatever you are. I've left a bunch. Random screams in hell. Okay. So you talk about old. I got a question of thoughts on uh, fast fuckers, people that go to fast and then hook up with someone 
and sliding the DMs afterwards. He's like, hey, I want to do my day, even though he lives halfway across the country. And I still have three kids. I have, like, three kids that I still can't afford or won't pay child support to. Like, that shit needs to die. We need to chemically castrate each and every one of those fuckers that do this tender to get laid out of theft. Like, it's not no theory against them. It's just the fact that we don't need them breathing. That's problematic, and that's something we don't need as a bunch of little useless bastards. Like, natural selection is occur more often. Anyways, have a great day. Okay, so that was Bilbo Faggins calling it. Okay. <laughs> Self, self-proclaimed Bilbo Faggins, resident queer caller. Uh, they've called in a few times. They were the fuck, Mary kill person. Oh, yeah. Um, they called in about with war. Okay. Uh, and and said that the, the parents needed to be right. He want, they, they want to step a step beyond us. Right. Yes. Yeah, so that the parent we needed a time machine to go back and euthanize the parents. Right. Or so, so that the, so that the children would never be be born to form the band with war. Right. Um, yes. They did. Do, they they did go a step beyond us. This there the the quality of that call was not great. I looked at the transcripts from the two calls prior to that. It looks like they tried to call in twice and had. Some some errors some of those stuck around with this one because the call quality wasn't great but the overall message was about people who go to fests like hardcore fests and then with the sole intention or at least one of their primary intentions being fucking people mm. at the fests right like meeting other hardcore men women and non-binary persons to have sex with sure and you know deciding to you know getting the pregnant or whatever the fucking sure and returning to a prior theme, they claim that uh, people like that deserve to be chemically castrated. Huh. Um, so here's the thing. I got no problem with uh, with people fucking any way they can get it, right? Because uh, you're not going to be able to do it forever, so you might as well get it in while you can. That said, we've already kind of talked at length on here about why we don't like fests and the sort of uh, – the, the high school-esque elements, for lack of a better way to frame it, are definitely one of the reasons that I hate fests. I do not like the social peacocking that goes on at them. I do not like, especially in the post-social media era, uh, people meeting each other from the internet. And I, all of it to me is like deeply repulsive. It is anathema to how I prefer to socialize. Nothing about it is cool or fun to me. By and large, I don't sleep with a lot of people that exists in um, the hardcore scene because I don't largely relate to people as an adult who uh, predicate their entire existence and personality on their larger social identity. Those are not the kind of people I want to pursue and spend time with, let alone uh, sleep with. So yeah, that culture is not attractive to me on any level. Do I believe they deserve to be chemically castrated? Um, you know, we could probably all use a little chemical castration when it comes down to it at the end of the day, because breeding is not doing anybody any favors. I don't like that culture, but again, I don't like pretty much anything about hardcore fest culture other than the bands. And I don't even like the bands in that, in, in that focused, uh, of a fucking color and that focused a concentration of fucking 12, 13 bands in a row. There's yeah, nothing like, about that. I, I like, like the bands just fine, but right. Yeah, we've said it before, you know, and and the social aspect of it. I mean, I don't even relate to fucking people, right? You yeah. know what I mean. Right. Let alone somebody who just happens to like something that I like. Sure. Um, I view, I view, um, basically, 
I don't. We, we're not quite in the pulse social media. We are. We are deeply entrenched and inescapably locked in the social media. Sure. Era. I guess I just meant in in a world post advent. Post advent. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. I, I I view the current um, world that we live in as a uh, nightmarish dystopia. Yeah. Yeah. That. Huxley and and Orwell could not have conceived. No, we are we are truly the engineers of our own undoing on a level that f- f- fiction never ever could have have predicted. And and it is quite obviously it is quite obvious that it has broken our brains. Yes. It is from an outside standpoint, I do not participate in social media in any way. You will not find me on it ever. Right. Ever. Right? Like I said before, this is it. Yeah. This is as close as it gets. From an outside observer standpoint, it is it has quite clearly irrevocably marred our brains. Yeah, and I'm I'm no exception to that. I, I have to find myself actively trying to break thought patterns that are bred by participating in social and media. And computer scientists and, and people that study this sort of shit will tell you that that's what that's what it's designed to do. One hundred percent. It's designed to break your brain. Yes. Right? So, you know. Um, waiting for it, waiting for that asteroid. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, in, in, in summary, uh, I maybe don't feel as strongly about that particular subject as you, but that's because I could take or leave the entire thing, throw it all in the trash. I don't fucking care. Let's, uh, let's see what's next. Yo, this is, uh, Joey Kaufman, Joey Sneezman from, uh, Louisiana Lot Lizards. Uh, been a, uh, fan of the podcast for a while now. Um, some of the shit that you guys say that you legitimately enjoy listening to is completely baffling to me, as I oftentimes find myself just skipping most of the uh, songs to uh, just listen to the shit you guys have to say about it. Um, but uh, still, nonetheless, big fan. Um, I wanted to ask specifically about uh, Nate's, um, like, you know, he has an enormous record collection <clears throat> that I... Uh, saw a couple times at the Harrison house um, and drooled over a few pieces in it. But um, I wanted to know about like the rig that he uses to listen to music. Um, I'm currently like trying to upgrade the uh, shitty little turntable that I have uh, to something nicer. And I was uh, just curious if he, uh, you know, what he was using and uh, maybe uh, what I should look out for. So anyway, thanks guys. Have a good one. All right, so that's a nice, just uh, benign, que- not a loaded question at all. That's just like a, just a nice inquiry. Yeah. What, what, do, you, what do you have to say? Uh, it's not a rig at all. Right. It's uh, basically use things that I got for free. <laughs> right? right, yeah. Um, it sounds pretty good, though. It sounds fine. I've got some pretty nice Mission Bookshelf speakers that were given to me. Mm-hmm. They're like from the 70s, mm-hmm. right? Maybe early 80s, but right. they were in really good condition, still in the box. Mm-hmm. I've got an older... Um, like analog pioneer amp. Yep. Um, nothing special. It's uh, more than it has more than enough ass for the speakers that I'm pushing. Sure. Um, I used to have a, a newer, well, newer, uh, like a 20 year old at this at this point, um, Yamaha like thousand watt amp mm-hmm. that was way too much for speakers that I was pushing, and the transformers blew. Right. Um, and so I got this one for actually for free from Morrison. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He had it in the shop. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Sure. And I have a. Uh, older belt drive um, audio techniques turntable yeah. that I recently put a new cartridge on. I put an Ortofone Blue on it, which was worth the investment. 
Um, it definitely sounds better than, you know, the cheap-ass cartridge that comes with your fucking turntable. Right. That's worth an investment. But frankly, uh, I would not consider myself an audiophile. Right. And the music that I listen to doesn't lend itself to high fidelity and in, in, in audiophile hardware. Sure. So, it you know, if you can get away with cheaper and it still sounds good, do it. Right, for sure. That's that's all I got to say on it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I don't have the space for, like, big fucking floor speakers or anything. Mm-hmm. Frankly, my dog wouldn't take it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, he wouldn't like that at all. And, frankly, it'd be cruel to him. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, what I have is more than adequate for what I need. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I thought the, uh, the comment about being baffled by some of the shit that we claim to enjoy listening to is funny just because, so Joey plays in Louisiana, Louisiana lot lizards, which we, did we play them on the show? We did play them on the show, right? I don't think we did. Or we were, they go- were in the queue, they but they the never, queue. they never got, uh, they never came up on the roll. Okay. So I, they played my house several times. Uh, very good live act. We've played a, we played one or two shows with them. I've seen them a handful of times, not music for me in the slightest bit. Very good at what they do, though. Like, I could see that band being successful, getting on bigger tours, doing good things, which I think is their goal. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think that's an interesting example of, like, just the the varied tastes that are represented in the listenership of the podcast. Because knowing Joey, like, our taste just could not be any more. Different strokes, different folks. Right, yeah, exactly. But... I like that a lot, like, and it just goes to show again, like, you know, if you're a crybaby who tuned out because we said something about bad about a band that you like or a band that you're in or whatever, fuck you, you, you know, know like, suck me from the back. Like, you can literally disagree with us about everything and still enjoy listening to the show. And Joey's a perfect example of that. Sure, there you go. And a super nice dude who wears back patches of bands that I would just as soon throw in the trash, but he's still my homie. <laughs> and uh, I don't even like his band in the sense that like his music is not like it's the the music is not for me right but i still like enjoy watching them because they put yeah, on a fucking good show, a good show and i'll book and i'll book them at the ha- my house because kids like them so again a perfect working living example of not being a little bitch let's see what's uh let's see what's up next we got a few more to get through i like i like doing a call heavy show Jeez, we, we are getting a lot of calls yeah I don't well know if this is what we signed up for <laughs> we did sign up for it by 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 creating that's actually this is literally exactly what we signed up for by creating the hotline okay (laughs) hey guys it's larry again uh just calling to uh hey look you know i know you're looking for a certain kind of energy these calls but i'm finding it incredibly difficult to give you that energy because in between um the uh epithets and uh calling people mongoloids and shit like that. Um, it's hard to find fault with a lot of your logic. I mean, there are a lot of facts there, and uh, your opinions are pretty well uh, founded in in um, life experience. So I'm having a hard time doing that. However, I do have one bone of contention with Nate. Uh, the vitriol that he directed towards Terry Gross, uh, who I agree is a flesh bag filled with shit, macrame, and essential oils. She is a fucking horrible, horrible human being. Um, I feel she should be dragged out to the street and shot. Uh, but that vitriol, honestly, Nate, is best saved for the likes of Steve Innskeep. That smug prick, uh, 
that smug self-congratulatory prick has got to be fucking double-jointed, because every time I hear him fucking speak, I swear to God he's patting himself on the back. That motherfucker is a boil on the ass of humanity. And he's just the fucking worst. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's negative, negative enough energy. I'm not really throwing down a gauntlet too hard, but Nate, you're wrong. The worst part about NPR is Stevensky, not Terry Gross. Yeah, she's pretty awful. Pretty awful. But you're wrong, man. It's Stevens Keith. He's got to go. <laughs> so I like the I like the vitriol for Stevens Keep there. That's uh Yeah, I don't have that I, he does definitely bring a little bit of uh, self congratulation to the uh, to the table, especially with his you know, morning edition. Right, yeah. Um he he likes to like laugh at his own jokes a little too much. Sure. Right? Yeah. Right. I'm sure he's pretty well familiar with what the inside of his own asshole feels like. <laughs> Um, right, but um, Terry, he's not as boring as Terry Gross. Right, and he doesn't co-sign so much milk toast fuckery. Right, right. You know what I mean? His job is not contingent upon bringing on the most uninteresting, unengaging piece of shit, non-creative fuckwits that you have ever had the great displeasure of listening speak on a fucking radio program. And, and that's what Terry Gross not only facilitates, but encourages and engages with as if it's some sort of meaningful fucking dialogue that we should be proud or or fucking pleased to be privy to and i here's my here's my thing with with i used to like fresh air because i felt like she talked about relevant things sure right i think terry gross is a good interviewer i don't think she should be drug out in the streets and shot (laughs) i think she'd be fine to sit down and talk to she's a consummate professional i think her show is fucking boring right because there are so many more pertinent things we could be talking about other than whatever it is she decides to fucking talk about right and whenever she's talking about anything like cultural related it's so fucking niche that literally nobody other than five people that live in new york city give a shit right right um i'll tell you who's the who is the actual worst on npr though okay uh ophelia eisenberg oh okay right got a little hate for eisenberg i don't like i don't like her show right i don't like the people on her show Uh it's that cute cuddly oh i'm a nerd sort of humor right that uh is just just drips from the internet yep in such a way that it, it it's like it's like it's it's like just shitty candy cum from nerdy elves <laughs> that drips off of fucking everything right? right yeah 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 right oh science me this hey i'll tell you what why don't you get fucked <laughs> Right, it's like the living, breathing embodiment of falsehood. It's false because it's not funny, but everybody acts like it's funny. Yeah, it's like one step removed from the fucking Big Bang Theory. Yeah, it's and, bullshit. And, and, it, it, it's it's the most it's the most inoffensive. Right. And I'm not saying you have to be offensive to be funny, but no. I am saying it fucking helps. Right. Yes. Right. I'm not saying you have to be offensive. It's the most inoffensive. Um, I guess, like, uh, culturally, like, timely, but at the same time dated in, like, six months, Mm -hmm. form of fucking humor, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's just, it's for people that that, that really in their heart want to believe 
that it's funny not to throw mean spirited jokes around. Right. And they they fucking know it's not right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right yeah, for sure. They're lying right. to themselves they, they, and everyone else. They fucking know it's not right. Yeah. They're the type of people that are gonna play a party game, right? Mm-hmm. They you would go to a party and play a party game, right? Right. And I don't know, maybe it's a fucking what 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 do people do when they have parties? Do they even have a good time? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't but like, fucking know. What, what, what would be a reason that people would get together to party? Let's say they're going to get together and watch the Super Bowl commercials. Okay. Right? Because they're too nerdy to watch the Super Bowl. Right? right, right. And who gives a shit about the fucking Super Bowl? Right. But they want to watch the Super Bowl commercials. Uh-huh. Right? And then they'll play a fucking party game. Yeah. Right? And these are the kind of people that like want to actually believe. Let's say they're playing... Um, a party game where they have to like draw something, like one of the Jackbox games yes. that we play. Right, right. They're the type of people that actually believe it's fun and funny uh-huh. to play those games without filling them up with dicks <laughs> and slurs and all sorts of shit. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. For sure. They're the ones that like you know that, that that like hey, what kind of cake do stray dogs like? And then you go, I don't know, pound cake. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Fucking! Why would straight stray dogs like pound cake? Right, they're going to the fucking pounds. They're yeah. going to be executed. <laughs> right, right, yes. And why the fuck wouldn't a regular ass dog like pound cake? Because it's fucking delicious. The joke <laughs> itself makes no sense, but they try so hard not to tread on anybody's fucking toes with their humor. Right, that it just—it's terrible. I will say this: if if you are playing those Jackbox games, and the results that you come up with are anything less than something that would get you fired. If yeah. your employer saw it, right. you're not a person I want to spend time no, with. No, Those should all. be things that you can share with 10 people in your life for fear of social reprisal of the greatest kind. Right. Otherwise, you're not a fun person. Right. Like, like I was as I was driving across town today, I was listening to that, uh, that the Ask Me Another NPR show, mm-hmm. right? Because it was on. Sure. I'm sure as hell not listening to the radio, right? Like yes. music on the radio. Yeah. Right. And so I was listening and I was like, oh, God damn it, it's on. And like they were making jokes about like puns about like what Cardi B, mm-hmm. what kind of candy she might like. Right? Yeah. How can. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> right. Maybe maybe Cardi B likes lead flavored candy. Yeah. Injected directly into her vagina with a forty five. <laughs> maybe. Right. I mean, like, fuck off with your bullshit. Right. Let's right. get. Let's keep it mean. Let's keep it funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I again, my brain's broken. I find it impossible to fucking like anything nice yeah i agree with that more or less except sweet little girl scouts swelling their swelling their cookies yeah i gotta buy those (laughs) okay i think we got we got two more messages let's bang them out real quick all right dudes will neil so you guys have pretty much opened the gate for uh me to ask this because you've brought up D D multiple times during the podcast and i get the sense that uh nate is the dm and based on his descriptions, it's and you know, like during his like diatribes, during his rants, um, it sounds like you probably have some fucking pretty intense uh sessions. But I guess my question is, are you guys more like out of the box, like are you prepackaged? Like is that how your campaigns are run? Or I guess like what kind of style like Nate do you like develop the whole campaign yourself do you write everything do you do you guys uh 
use figurines? Do you, like, what style is it? Is it more like hack and slash? Is it more like, um, I don't know, like solving fucking puzzles and mysteries? Like, like what's the, uh, is it set like in Faerun or is it like a world that you've designed yourself? Um, and then I, Gray, like, I guess, like, what kind of, what kind of character do you play? I mean, you, like, what's, uh, I don't know, like, um, whatever, you know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Like, what kind of character do you prefer to play? Are you more like a rogue? Are you a spellcaster? Um, whatever. Anyway, give me details. And there was one other thing I was going to say. Uh, oh yeah, I fucking hate you guys. Bye. All right, so that was Will Neal. He's he's called called into the podcast before. I've uh, I've said nice things about him. Definitely one of my favorite internet friends that I've made because of the podcast. Him and Larry both, I like a lot. Uh, you know, it's um, it's not surprising that I find myself making friends with the the older individuals that tend to listen to the show, and we end up falling more in the same line of thought. Uh, Rich Miles, all those guys. So Nate, yeah, I guess you can you can field the first part of this question about being a DM and what kind of world we play in. Yeah, so we go straight out of a fucking campaign. I tweak it. I mean, out of a published campaign. Mm-hmm. I do not have fucking time, right, to come up with an entire campaign. Um, I don't have time to come up with all that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been doing. I mean, we've been we've been on this campaign. We're finishing it up soon, but we've been on it for like three years. Yep. Uh, in, in May, it'll be like three years. Yeah, right? I yeah. ain't got time to do to write my own. Yeah, um, it's also the first time I had DM'd. Mm-hmm. I mean, I played when I was in middle school. You know, we played you know AD and D. Sure. Um, and then when we talked about playing, somebody said, well, "Who wants a DM?" And I was like, "Okay, I will." Sure. Um, so it's it's been a it's been a learning curve for me and a learning experience because I had to like flex those muscles again. The rules have changed obviously between AD and D and Fifth Edition, right? And uh, just sort of like. Stepping into a different role, um, it's been it's been uh, it's been a little bit of a learning curve, but uh, I'm figuring some things out. I'm getting more comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not it's not a lot of role play. The guys that we play with don't like to role play. We have one player that actually I can't understand why he plays a role playing game. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, he's so much against it. Yeah. Uh, his avoidance of engaging NPCs has led me to not even develop NPCs anymore, which has gotten to be a problem, actually, <laughs> right. for me. <laughs> sure. Um, because I know that no matter what I do, no matter how much work I put into the NPC, they will they will not be in- engaged. They will not be encountered. Right. Um, it has led to a lot of interesting, unnecessarily long tangents in the game. Sure, yeah. Um, two months <laughs> of role play to find yourself out of a fucking maze that, of gameplay that you could have solved in one session had you simply found and talked to one person. Right. Um, so, you know... It's uh, it's interesting. I try to I try to put uh, I try to follow the rules. I mean, whatever the campaign is and what the settings is in, I adjust them depending on what the CRs are and what I think the group can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I, I don't do a lot of like ad libbing. There's been a couple times where I totally sandboxed it and ad libbed, and that was fun. Right. But like I said, I just don't have time to do that a lot. Not for sure. I mean, that's an unbelievably work intensive fucking process. You're basically having to write fan fiction and then go through the 
trouble and the time consuming endeavor that it is to have people then interact with it on a, in our case, weekly basis. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, we've had a couple dry spells where we haven't met for a couple of weeks because people have been out of town, but we've met basically every week for the last almost three years. I would say we meet probably f- between 40 and 45 weeks a year. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of fucking D&D. Um, and you know what? Shout out to everybody in the group, you, everybody else, for actually making that work. Because yeah, when, when I tell people that, they're like, holy fucking shit. I can't keep a D&D group together for five sessions. Honestly, I would stop being people's friends if they did that to me. Yeah. Like the amount of fucking money that I invest into mm-hmm. it and time that I do, even without like without uh, uh, writing my own stuff. Yeah. You know, I still edit things and I add things on, but I don't build from the ground up. Right. I would be... I, I, I would be legitimately angry enough that I just wouldn't fucking invite you back for anything ever again. What if you did like four or five sessions and we're like, all right, see ya. Uh, that's it. Yeah. You, will, you'll, you won't hang out with me ever again. Right. Because yeah. if we're hanging out, I'd be like, why the fuck aren't we playing D&D right now? <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. You got time to fucking, you got time to do this. Right. Why don't you have time to fucking play Why don't play you have D&D? fucking time to play in D&D? Right. Like when we talked about like trying to find a day other than when we do. Yeah. And I was like, what about Sunday? What the fuck is anybody doing on Sunday? Right. What are people going to fucking church? Right. Okay. Fucking wise family. Got this right. I'm like, what the fuck is anybody doing between 4 and 8 p.m.? On a fucking Sunday. Right. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> We're recording this podcast. Right. You're, you're doing fucking nothing. Yeah. When I and that's home. a much more time, convenient time, I would assume, for everybody, you know, to work around like work schedules and school schedules. You would think. But people, I think people want to spend time with their significant others because they got time off on the weekend and shit. Do it fucking Saturday. Do it Friday night. Sometimes you want two nights. Yeah. Two full days to just be in the arms of your loved you ones. You live with them. <laughs> no, I couldn't be getting away from them fucking fast enough. <laughs> right, like you live with them. Right. Right, you see them all the fucking time. <laughs> right, every day whether you want to or not. Right. Hey, but you know what? You and I uh, have unique perspectives on this issue. Yeah. For sure. I, I do say that like from my perspective, sometimes when I'm describing things, I sometimes drop into biologist mode. Mm-hmm. And I start describing things in a way that makes sense to me, but might not make sense to the players. Right. Where I describe like ecosystems and communities and geology and stuff. Right. And I think sometimes that doesn't really resonate with some other folks in the, in, in the group. Yeah, and and it's definitely not super puzzle based our gameplay style because well this there hasn't been a lot in this particular adventure. Yeah, right. It, our our gameplay style is not that because it's challenging for us to stop yelling it's it's challenging enough for us to stop calling each other names quick enough to get through an encounter let alone cooperate effectively enough to actually solve some puzzle that requires even a modicum of organization and discussion and discourse in the group um yeah we have at least half like maybe not at least half but a couple people in the group who who genuinely don't like role playing at all right um who would be better served to play warhammer or gloom gloomhaven yeah sure um so that so that would make you know problem solving stuff tough for sure if we ran a campaign like that we would get probably nowhere uh the the kind of character that i play currently i'm just playing uh barbarian um just you know, a, a You're half a fighter. Yeah, I'm a fighter. Uh, I, I I am a barbaric fighter. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that's my class. I am an orc, a half orc barbaric fighter, um, who essentially you know, pretty typical backstory. 
you know, I, I, I was bouncing at clubs. I served in the Zentarum. Um, Jesus. What? This, the, the direction that this fucking show is taking. I'm, I'm not going to go on too much of a diatribe <laughs> here. I don't want to lose too many people with this. But uh, before that, I was playing in uh, an Elf uh, Ranger, which largely, like, when I used to play, um, like, the Baldur's Gate uh, games and shit growing up and, and all of those uh, Forgotten Realms games that came out in the, in the 90s, you know, fucking Icewind Dale and all those games, Planescape Torment. I always played Rangers, man. Uh, I don't know why. It's just a character that I'm good at playing. They're mechanically fairly simple, but they're versatile. They can become really fucking heavy damage dealers. I wanted to play something more straight ahead and tanky with this. And then on the next campaign campaign that we play, I'm probably going to lean into a paladin because there's like a great uh, there, there's a great degree of sort of like mixed mechanics there where you can utilize obviously like tanky features and go in and fucking fight and 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 deal out like considerable melee damage and absorb a lot of damage but then you can also use battlefield control spells and shit like that so for for at least 99 percent of our listeners that probably meant nothing yeah but for you will and who are who are a patreon subscriber (laughs) you're a patreon subscriber so we owed you that detailed analysis of our gameplay i'm gonna bring it back to relevance now with what we typically talk about Uh um new york hardcore is the most inferior version of hardcore (laughs) it is definitely it is definitely the of of classic hardcore styles Uh definitely the worst I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. It's definitely the worst. And I know that you're just saying that to be a fucking... <laughs> it's definitely the worst. Even if you genuinely believe it, the only reason you're saying it right now is to uh, be incendiary. I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've heard other people say it's true. Some people are saying it's the worst. It's the worst from a hardcore of all time. I like I like the Trumpian way in which you deliver that. Some some people are saying. So I've heard some people say that this is the worst. <laughs> that's I don't my know. Favorite. That's what everybody's Honestly, saying. Honestly, that's my favorite fucking like go to line of his. No, there's only one person saying it. Yeah, it's just you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's like, I've heard, I've heard. The, you know, people are everybody's saying it. Yeah. It's like, no, you're just saying it right now. It's just one person. Yes, exactly. And that is the same in this instance. That right. was a very Trumpy delivery right. of that. Um, I love New York hardcore, but you know what? We now have the Facebook group where you can discuss that. And if you say bad things about Warzone, uh, I won't shut down the group or ban you or anything like that. But I may berate you and call you a complete fucking moron or, as Larry pointed out, a mongoloid. That those, those sort of epithets could be hurled your way for sure. Today, I lauded somebody for their stupidity in the group. I, yeah, yeah. They. It's a person who has posted... Uh, nothing but bad takes from jump, like the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. And it seems to be delivered with no degree of irony or self-awareness at all. And people were going in on him for saying something really stupid about like, isn't Agnostic Front like openly racist? Which like, yes, no, they're no, yes, (laughs) no, no, they're not. Yes, they are. (laughs) They're not. They're not openly racist. Uh, And then said something about not liking Agnostic Front, whatever. And I was, like, genuinely impressed because it was just, like, the icing on the cake of bad opinions that I had seen him drop in. And I was like, you know what, dude? Like, props to you. This is this is exactly the spirit of the group where you can come here and say the dumbest fucking things that you want to. And I'm not going to kick you out just for having a brain made of soupy oatmeal. Hmm. Say, this, say these stupid things. This is a place for you to be you, even if you is an intolerably stupid asshole with no good ideas about the music that you purport to love. Yeah. Well, on the agnostic front tip, though, mm-hmm. all you have to do is look up Roger Murray mm-hmm. in Ocala, Florida, and uh, you get a whole different view of him. <laughs> 
what 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 view is that? Just look it up. Roger Roger Murray, Ocala, Florida. What what do you what do you? I don't even know. What you know this, how when he went when he like left AF basically and we like went to be a Harley mechanic uh-huh. in Florida. Right. Yeah. What's what? Are you making this up? I don't know. Racist. I don't know. No, see, this is shit that I can never fucking tell anymore. Tell <laughs> the fuck? I think you're making this shit up. I th- I'm almost positive that you're. Ma- I don't think he went to be a fucking Harley mechanic in Florida. That he is did. not a thing that yes, happened. Yes, he did. <laughs> he left to be a Harley mechanic. He left to go work on Harleys. Um, in the compilation CD, last warning uh-huh. talks about that and how he talks about how he came back because uh, he got tired of the heat and the bugs in Florida. He's not white, you know. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be white to be racist. Well, no, of course not. As my friend, as my friend Paco is saying, and you don't have to be white to say the things that Roger Murray said in Ocala, Florida, <laughs> and uh, cause a little bit of an uproar. I I wouldn't bet the like the lives of my loved ones on this not being true, but I'd put fifty dollars on it. Okay, I'd put fifty on it right now yeah, okay. <laughs> on it not being true. Okay, um, so let's close the show out with uh, shouting out a couple Patreon subscribers. We got a couple new ones. We are just about up to uh, we're just about up to our three hundred dollar goal that yeah. we have, and with the with the money that's coming in at the beginning of March. I think we should have enough for me to finally invest in a new computer. Somebody actually complained about it the other day. Yeah, well, uh, it's, there's been some weirdo like, like clips and like, mm-hmm. like weirdo glitches in it. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, in the last episode, there was one that I didn't catch. Um, somebody complained about it, like the interrupt, uh, interrupting your dulcet tones, your diatribes with you know the shit coming out, shit just cutting out. So I think next month we should have enough in the Patreon uh, account to hopefully invest in like a. You know, refurbished 2015 MacBook that'll get the job done. That's really all we need. Just an, just enough to to not die on us while we're fucking recording. Um, if you, uh, yeah, if you subscribe at the five dollar tier and up, you get access to bonus episodes. We try to do one every couple of weeks. Um, we have, yeah, we have a few new subscribers. We have got Dawson. So at the $5 tier, we have got Roswick, who has called in a couple times before, and I think has been listening from uh, pretty much from Jump at as a $10 patron. God bless you. Um, then we have Matt Loudon, uh, $5 patron. I think those are all of our new ones this week. I, we, we shouted out Adam Lewis last week and a couple other people. Um, somebody commented on the group, too, that they're still waiting for their, uh, they're still waiting for their dick suck for, oh. their t- for the up, upward of $10. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean. Like they were talking about, you know, flying into the Fort Wayne International Airport and being asked what their business is here, and they said, "Well, we'll see what's good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what my business is here. We'll see if they come through on it." So, yeah. Uh, I got to be honest. Unless you look really good, because I'm pretty picky, you're probably going to be waiting for that dick suck for a long time, my friend. But nonetheless, keep giving us ten plus dollars a month because it will result in. Uh, I don't know, cleaner recording and us being able to spew our fucking opinions into the ether for that much longer. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, if you want to call into the show, go ahead and hit us at 260-222-8341. I just wanted to knock out a bunch of calls on this show, uh, on this episode. We probably, you know, typically we only do a couple of shows, and we're going to keep it to that moving forward for most part. But if we have a lot building up over time, maybe do, you know, like a call-heavy show like we did today again at some point. If you want to send in some music, uh, hit demolistenpodcast at gmail.com. 
I also, if you're in the Facebook group, I have a dedicated thread on there. I might pin it to the top of the page actually so that you can just access it easily. Uh, if you have anything less than a year old that either you're in the band, you're friends with the band, you just wanna hear what we think of it, send it to the email or post it in that thread and we'll get around to it at some point. And then, uh, yeah, if you wanna give us money, head over to patreon.com slash demo listen podcast. And like I said, if you subscribe at $5 and up, you get access to Patreon episodes where we still talk about punk and hardcore because that's what the show's about. And if you don't like that, you're listening to the wrong show. Yeah. Beyond that, I think uh, I think that's all we got this week. Oh yeah, if you we we got a couple new reviews on iTunes. Um, like like I've said before, it helps us out. So if you like the show, you know, hit us with five stars. Give us a quick uh, quick review if you want to. Shout out to to Pretty Maddie for giving giving us his one word review. Simply wow. Yeah, I think that sums up the show. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll holler at you next week.